morning, I want to talk to you guys about walking by faith. Walking by faith. I believe that in this time, it is a season in which we need to walk by faith more than ever. Obviously, we always need to walk by faith, but now more than ever, uh, when we can't see the future, when you, when you have unknowns, when you have questions, uh, this is where the Lord begins to fuel the fire of your faith to begin to take it to the next level. Your faith is not challenged in moments of ease, it's challenged in moments of friction. When you have friction in your life, when you have friction in your circumstances, your faith, is, it grows because of it. This is how the Lord has designed it. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, this is kind of going to be the overarching theme to what I want to share with you this morning. It says this, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. What does it mean to walk by sight? I just want to talk about this for just a minute because when you talk about what it means to walk by sight, you can begin to identify things that you're doing where you may not even realize, oh my gosh, I'm walking by sight. This area I've, I've given over to my flesh. I've not actually been walking in the spirit in this area. I've not actually been trusting God in this particular area. And so I want to talk about walking by sight for a moment. To walk by sight means that you're walking and you're making decisions and reactions based on your flesh. The Bible actually calls this a carnal Christian. And it's interesting that to be a carnal Christian doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in perpetual sin. It just means that you make decisions, that you are led by the flesh and not by the spirit. What God does, uh, thank you, Jim, I hear that. I brought my own encouragement this morning. This is more challenging than you think. Uh, What God does uh, will not always come through the senses. I know we love to feel God. I know we love to experience God's presence. But in times of testing, in times of uncertainty, it will not always, uh, exper- you're not always experience it through your senses or through your flesh. These are times where we're not leaning on the flesh, but we're actually drawing closer to the spirit. We make decisions based on flesh. We, we react based on flesh from what we hear in the news media, what we see with our eyes, what we hear with our ears. And we allow our flesh to react rather than allowing the spirit inside of us to dictate our reactions and our responses. Um, Romans 8 says this. I love Romans 8. Romans 8 is a, uh, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. It has more mention of the Holy Spirit than any other chapter in the Bible. In Romans 8 verse 5 it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set your mind on the flesh is death. But to set your mind on the spirit is, uh, is life and peace. And so I want to ask you this morning, if you're setting your mind on what you see in the news media and what you see going around the world, what you hear, what, uh, the, the, the statistics, all these things, I know there are people who do nothing but sit there and watch statistics. And you are setting your mind on the things of the flesh. And the Lord is asking you, do you really have peace in that area of your life? Are you experiencing life? Are you experiencing peace? And it's time to give over those areas and begin to uh, see what God has to say about uh, these, these situations and these circumstances. And so we want to experience life and peace, but we have to ask ourselves, what is our mind set on? What is our spirit set on? What are we entertaining? 
What God does often does not come by our senses. He, God can obviously use our senses in times, but they come by faith. Everything in the kingdom is by faith. The salvation that you receive is by faith. Healing that you receive is by faith. It was all paid for by Jesus, and our faith in his payment on the cross appropriates that and adds it, and adds it to our lives. And so we have to understand this, that we cannot make decisions based on the flesh, and we cannot react to what the circumstances are based on our flesh. All of us have those fleshly responses where something happens, and our initial, our knee-jerk reaction is that we respond a certain way. And that is oftentimes uh, how we respond in the flesh. We allow those things to take precedence over what the Spirit is saying inside of us. Oftentimes for my own self, when something comes to me, uh, whether it be I've heard something, I've, I've seen something, and my flesh begins to react, I have to take a moment and I have to allow my spirit to override what my flesh is experiencing and, and know what I believe and what God has said. And we begin to, to move in that. I love what 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 9 says. It says, But eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into our hearts what God has prepared for those who love him. I want to just encourage you that things that come from the Spirit are not seen oftentimes in the natural that our natural senses are, are oftentimes at war with what is going on in the Spirit. Especially in, in times, in turbulent times, in trials, in tribulations, in things that unprecedented times that we're experiencing, we have to begin to understand that God is at work. God is doing something. Although we may not see it, although we may not hear about it, although we may not feel it internally, we have to know without a shadow of a doubt from our innermost being that God is up to something, that he is doing something, that he who began a good work will see to it that it's finished. And so I want to encourage people this morning that we can, it is really easy to set your mind on the things of the flesh. Especially when everything that you ingest, everything that you watch, everything that you hear is pointing to get a reaction of fear out of you. But the question would be, what does God say? What does God say about this, this matter? What has God said? What has Jesus done? Does this circumstance, is it covered under the blood of Jesus? And the answer is yes, if you're wondering. Does these problems, these, these trials, the things that you may be going through, some of you may be going through financial hardships, some of you may need physical healing, all of these things were paid for by Jesus. When we begin to believe in him and not react according to our flesh, not react according to what the world says. I love uh, 1 Thessalonians. It says that even the way that we grieve is different. We don't grieve as those who have no hope. But we, we begin to move in every area of our life and begin to allow contagious, infectious hope to rise in every situation, in every circumstance. We begin to believe what the word of God has said. And the enemy will come in, and this is his tactic, is to get you to doubt, hath God said? Did God really say this? Did God really mean it for you? And I want to encourage you to not allow your flesh to be given over to these things. Not allow the reactions to rise up in you, but to stand firm in your faith and believe what God has said about you and about your life. The things that come from the Spirit oftentimes are mystery. 
Oftentimes, we don't necessarily understand it. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says that um, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. And so your faith is oftentimes tied to things that you cannot see. It's tied to things that you cannot see, that you cannot hear, that you cannot taste, you cannot smell, you cannot touch. None of your senses can be uh, affected by this faith if you allow it, your faith to be given over to it. And so we begin to see that faith, as faith arises, as, as what started in the flesh, it, you know, we, as we give those things over, that the Lord will begin to finish that work in the spirit. Uh, and what you see that God started, um, oftentimes you cannot see in the natural how he's going to finish it. This is part of faith. It's a part of walking, not by sight, but walking by faith. When we walk by sight, we have to see where we step. We have to know that the next step with certainty is going to be here and there, that the ground underneath us is solid, that, that, that as, you know, if you've ever hiked before, you know as you're hiking and you're climbing up a mountain, you want to make sure that every step is solid as you ascend. Before you put the full weight uh, of yourself on that step, you want to make sure it's solid. But this is not how it works in the spirit. When we trust God, when we believe God, we take that step not knowing if the ground underneath us is solid, not knowing what the next step looks like. And every time God comes through, every time God fulfills, because it is a renewing of our minds that when we, uh, we are walking not by, by sight, but by faith. And this takes a renewing of our mind. The Bible says to be transformed. What started in the spirit, will, uh, God will finish. And you could say that it starts from a place that you can't see. The things that God does starts from a place that you can't see. When God created the heavens and the earth, in Genesis 1, chapter 1, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, that darkness covered the earth in a deep darkness. Uh, excuse me, that's Isaiah. <laughs> in Genesis 1, uh, in the beginning... The Bible says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the darkness. And, and then God spoke, let there be light. And so I want to encourage you that just because you can't see, just because you don't know what the future looks like, just because you don't know what that next step does, looks like, doesn't mean that God isn't working. The, the presence of darkness doesn't mean the absence of God. The presence of darkness doesn't mean the absence of God. But it is our awareness of the circumstance that we're in and the power of Jesus to bring us out of it. You could say that things in the spirit start from a place that you can't see. The Bible talks about how God creates things from the unseen realm and brings them into this, this world. That he speaks things into existence. Those things that are not seen create everything that is seen. And so when we see the Holy Spirit hovering over darkness, darkness, I want to just mention this, darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is the consequence of, of that which is the, a consequence of the absence of that which is legitimate. The very thing that's legitimate is light itself, and darkness is just the consequence of that thing not being there. It is what we don't have that makes it dark. It's the things that we don't have that makes it dark. 
And in the absence of something, it can be dark even if the room is lit with light. And so we can experience darkness in our lives. And, and it can, although there's light all around us, the darkness is simply this it's a void. Darkness is a void. It's not a thing, it's a void. It's emptiness and the expression of being, of lacking something in our lives. Uh, and I can see, um, I can't see my way in darkness. You can't see your way in darkness. You can't see your way in, in, in this darkness. And so we have to walk by faith and understanding and trusting that God is moving in the midst of darkness is really powerful. It's really freeing in this time because you have to understand that darkness has no power. Light is, is measurable. You can measure wattage. You can measure heat. You can measure speed of light. Nobody ever says that it travels at the speed of darkness because darkness is not a thing. And so we have to remove this idea that, that, that darkness has power over our lives and has power over, over what is going on in the world. Isaiah 60 verse 1, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. Darkness will cover the earth and darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will shine upon you. Isaiah 45 verse 3, it says that the Lord will give you treasures hidden in dark places. He'll give you treasures hidden in dark places. And so in this world, in this social media world, this, this see-me, selfie world, it's hard for us to appreciate a God that moves when we can't see him. Everything we want to be seen, we take photos and videos of our food, we take uh, photos and videos and, uh, of every aspect of our lives and we put it on social media so everything is seen and it's hard to appreciate a God that's working when we can't see him. If it is in uh, the absence, if, if, if absence is there, you have to understand that uh, an aspect of darkness is there. That the light that comes actually illuminates the darkness that you experience. And many times, it is a perspective shift. It's a, it's a mindset shift. It is understanding that what world are you looking at? What view, what lens are you looking at? Are you looking through a lens of doom and gloom? Are you looking for a lens of opportunity? You have to understand that in times, in turbulent times like these, billionaires and bankruptcies will happen out of the same circumstances. It's all about your perspective. It's all about how you shift your mindset. It's about understanding that God is at work and looking for the opportunities to advance his kingdom. You have to understand that uh, Isaiah verse nine, or, uh, chapter 9, it says this, that of the increase of his kingdom and of his government, there will be no end. It means that it doesn't matter what coronavirus looks like. It doesn't matter what the next turbulent time looks like. It doesn't matter the next crises. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end. That means whatever the circumstance, the internal reality needs to maintain this truth that he is advancing. He is taking a step. He is moving forward. In spite of the darkness, in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you see, in spite of what you hear, the God is moving and God is at work. And you, yourself, it might, you might be in a season of, 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 of it being seemingly dark. 
You might be in a season where you've been crippled by anxiety and and you've been crippled by fear. You might be in a season where you've experienced trials that you've never had to deal with before. You've had to try to come up with solutions that you've never even dreamed that you would ever have to come up with. But I want to encourage you that it isn't over. I want to encourage you that God is not finished yet. I want to encourage you that he who began a good work will see to it that it's complete. I want to encourage you that everything the enemy has stolen in this time, the Lord says he will return sevenfold. So what if that means the finances that you've lost in this season, the Lord will return sevenfold? What if that means the momentum in your life and in your churches? What if that means that it will be returned sevenfold? What if that means the salvations, the 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 darkness that has come, what if it means that in this time the Lord will return sevenfold? This is the law and the principle that in Scripture. It says that when a thief comes to steal something, that when they're caught, they return seven times what they stole. And so I just declare over every circumstance, every financial situation, every family member, I declare right now a sevenfold return on what you've lost. Even We even see it in the, in the story of Job, that everything that was stolen. Everything that was lost was returned seven times. And so we declare that over this situation. We've got to understand that it's a mindset shift. We've got to understand that we're not walking by what we can see, what we can hear. We're not listening to these these, uh, ears and these eyes. We're not listening to these. It's the internal reality. What is your spirit saying? That's why over and over in the scripture it says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Not what the world is saying. Not what the news media, not what CNN and MSNBC, not what these things are telling you. But he who has an ear, let him hear what God is saying. And I believe that the Lord is saying that we are in unprecedented, overwhelming times where the church is going to rise up. Because every time the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard. And I'm telling you that the standard is the people of God raising up, rising up in this time. When we go through something like we're going through, when we go through trials, when we go through uh, turmoil, when we experience fear and anxiety, and, and we experience these trials and these troubles, we go through something, often times what happens is you get your insight. This is what insight is, is you find out who you are. You find out what you believe. You find out what you have. You find out who your friends are. You find out that you're tougher. You find out that you can persevere. You find out that you can overcome. You find out things about yourself that you never otherwise would have found out. And so uh, here's what we have to do is many times we have to get away from our eyesight Get away from our eyesight because remember what what, uh, 2 Corinthians says that we do not walk uh, by sight, we walk by faith. And so we have to get away from our eyesight and move to our insight. What is our insight saying? Our eyesight says this, that it informs us of our circumstances. Our eyesight informs us of what's around us. It informs us of our circumstances. It informs us of everything that's wrong, everything that's, that's, that, that is classified as a problem. It connects us with the world around us. But our insight, what does our insight say? Our insight says that we have hope. Our insight says that it is not what it seems to be. Our insight says that, that what God has started, he will finish. 
And sometimes uh, you, you cannot be delivered by that which is around you. You are delivered by that which is in you. Only what is in you, and the Lord has put his spirit in you for times like this. Around me I see circumstances, but in me I see hope. And so we have to shut down our eyesight to build up our insight. We have to stop uh, allowing ourselves to be manipulated and, and to be overwhelmed by fear and doubt and unbelief in these turbulent times, but begin to get back to the word of God and begin to, to believe what he has said, to believe that you are the light of the world, that now is the time to arise and shine. Now is the time to lift up your head to the hills from where your help comes from and get your eyes off of your circumstances. If what you see is discouraging you, shut your eyes. Turn on your insight to what you believe. And this is what you, you need to believe and you need to know, is that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The power in you will deliver you. What the Lord has put in you will deliver you. What if I told you that everything that you need, you already have? Everything you need, because if we realize that what, what I mentioned before, that, that things that come into the natural realm start in the realm of the spirit, what if you had already had everything that you need? What if you're one idea away from a multi-million dollar patent? What if you're one idea away? What if you're one word away? What if you're one act of kindness away from seeing a soul saved, a family member return? What if you're one thing away? We have to understand that in these times, the power in us is what will deliver us. Darkness is a sign that light has come. Darkness is a sign that light is here. And I want to tell you, Isaiah 61, as it says, darkness will cover the earth and darkness the people, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. What if we are stepping into the greatest season, the greatest uh, a time of glory that the church and the people of God have ever seen? What if... The Lord is raising up millions and billions of evangelists that will get on social media and begin to preach the gospel. What if the Lord is beginning to raise up people to, to reach out to their family members and their communities? What if the Lord is at work right now and you don't even know it? What if we challenge what we see? What if we begin to challenge what we believe and, and say in these times when faith is tested, do we believe what we proclaim? Or is it just a proclamation? Is it just wishful thinking? Is it just hope? But I believe the Lord wants to solidify what he's put in you. I believe that he wants to encourage you. I believe that he wants you to know that he is working, that just because the, the, the world seems increasingly dark, just because things are not going the way that we thought at the beginning of 2020, just because there are trials and problems, it does not mean that God is not working. I would, I would, I would say to you that I believe God is working all the more. 
I believe that God has turned up the heat. I believe that God is, is working in unprecedented ways. I believe that the Lord is going to save more people in this season than you've ever seen, that you've ever known. I believe that believers who have never led someone to Jesus are going to begin to, to turn into evangelists just by doing life well and loving on people. And I, I just declare to you that just because darkness has covered the earth, I'd say to you, arise and shine, for your light has come, and you are the light. Jesus said this, he is the light of the world. And he is in you. And so I declare that the light in you is brighter than the darkness around you. I declare that the Lord is raising up beacons of hope, lighthouses in the city. I declare over you that your house will become a lighthouse. That your house, the light will shine bright from that place and shine into the darkness and begin to bring about change from the inside out. So Father, we restore right now a, a hope to the church, a hope to your people. We restore right now faith I say let faith arise let God arise and every enemy be scattered the enemy of fear the enemy of anxiety the enemy of depression the enemy of disappointment and discouragement we say go in the name of Jesus and we say faith arise hope arise father we thank you we thank you for what you're doing Jesus I thank you that even right now as people are listening and people are watching, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are breathing on areas of their life, the voids that they've had in their heart because many people have experienced darkness in their life and it's darkness is simply a void. It's simply the absence of something, whether it be the absence of the love of a father or the absence of a love of a mother or the absence of, of companionship or the absence of hope, the absence of joy, whatever it might be, Lord, you know the darkness that people experience. You know the void and the emptiness that they have. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that even right now you would blow on the embers of their heart, that you would breathe upon the dark places, the voids in the hearts of people, and you would begin to allow faith to rise. You would begin to uh, allow faith to, to, to rise up in them. I pray even as people are listening to my words, Holy Spirit, that you are breathing on those words and that you are lifting up people's soul so that we don't give ourselves over to any idol but only to Jesus. We don't give ourselves over to the idol of fear or the idol of this world but only to Jesus. Our soul and our faith is anchored in him who is unshakable. So everyone who feels shaken right now, Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do and bring comfort. Come and do what only you can do and bring peace. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say this one thing, and then I want to have Pastor Jim come up and, and pray with us. Planting and burying look the same. Whatever season you're in, planting and and burying look the same. And when we make the transition, when we change, we have to shift our perspective because some things will not be the same. When we come out of this, things will not be the same. Something has to change, and I believe the Lord is encouraging us to change and, and shift in this time to, to, to follow what he is doing. But it doesn't mean that something has died. It means that it could be planted. When something, uh, it, when something is planted and when something has died, it looks the same. You, you remove the dirt. You, you dig a hole. 
and you put it in there and then you bury it. But when you plant something, you, you bury it so that it will change. When you bury something, you, you, you put the dirt over it so that it is removed. And so I want to encourage you that in this season, I believe the Lord is not burying his church. He's not burying your circumstances. He's not burying things, but he's actually planting. He's planting things and preparing it so that it will change, so that it will bring about an increase. And so with this, you, I want you to look at the circumstances in your life that are changing. And I want you to ask yourself, is this something that the Lord is wanting to, to fade away? Relationships will fade away. Jobs may fade away, but the Lord is bringing something better. He's planting you so that something will change. So I'm going to have uh, Pastor Jim come up. There's no gracious way to... <laughs> Hello, 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 hello. hello. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Saturday night services that we used to do, yeah, so. <laughs> well, Josh, thanks for that word. It's so good. So I think one of the things we want to apply our faith to, I, I don't know if I can just talk to a blank camera, so I'm going to talk to the uh, couple of faces that, uh, that are sitting right here. So um, one of the things I want to apply our faith to is our, our finances right now. Yeah, I want you guys to know, you can trust God no matter what is happening with the coronavirus, no matter what is happening to the economy. I'm not saying we're immune from it. If we, if we, live, in the, we live in this atmosphere, we're going to be, you know, and the economy goes down, we're going to feel the sting of it, but you have to know it's not the final story. Our only source, you know, God is the source, your job is the resource. The source never changes. Your resource of provision can change multiple ways, and God is not limited in his resources. So I want to encourage you with that. And um, do not get your faith from the 10 Spies Network. <clears throat> That's what I'm referring to all news channels right now, as the 10 Spies Network. All they're going to give you is the perspective of the 10 Spies. The giants are huge. It's so bad. It's going to be horrible. No one's given the perspective of the two spies. Well, Josh just did, so thank you for that. <laughs> but if you're looking at the traditional news network, you're not going to be getting the perspective of, oh, man, these guys are our lunch. We're going to, eat giant. We're going to have giants for breakfast. I mean, that was... That's, these guys are toast. This is going to be awesome. God has given us this land. Okay? And so I just encourage you guys, we've got to have a whole different lens. This is a time for us to actually act like Christians, not, not like we're acting, but to become who we already are. Okay? This is a time for us to rise up. So just say, I want to get a couple of practical things, and I'm going to pray for some things. Um, guys, this is an awesome opportunity for us to show the love of God. You're like, hold on, I'm shut up in my house. We're quarantined. The neighbors are giving me dirty looks just for taking the dog for a walk. You know what I mean? So we got all those type of things. But um, here, here's what I'm talking about is um, just some practical ways. So here's just something little. So uh, the guy who cuts my hair, obviously, it's been a little while. We missed an appointment. And uh, so I just reached out to him. I was like, hey, I know we had an appointment canceled. But I said, I want to pay you as if you did cut my hair. Why? Because he doesn't have any income going on right now. And so, boy, that was just a great winner. That was just a little thing. Um, call and check on people. So start with your family. If you've got elderly in your family, you've got, you know, just check on anybody. They all, they all probably need checked up on. And if they need some supplies and you're able to supply it, supply it to them. You can send them money. Uh, you can transfer things through PayPal and Venmo and all those type of things. And so, guys, we live in a different kingdom, which means we don't fall apart. And what Josh was talking about is we're not going to take kingdom promises and try to accomplish them with earthly measures. Okay, 
You know, when you, let's just say you, uh, you're a little kid and your dad says you're going to get a bike for Christmas. That is not your instructions to begin to try and earn a bike. You see what I'm saying? Those promises of God are not up to you to now, I'm going to bring this to pass. No, no, no. God's saying what it's going to do. Now, how I'm going to partner with him might look a little bit differently. Guys, this is the time for Christians to thrive. I love uh, one of our girls. I guess she was in an essential business. She was working, and uh, everyone else is freaking out at her workplace. And so uh, one of the uh, workers said to her, I like being around you because you carry peace. Like, carry peace, that's our language. This girl wasn't even a believer, but she recognized uh, something on her life. And so if you don't have money to give, then you can serve. Serve other people. So you're like, Jim, what might that look like? Well, maybe you can go pick up groceries for somebody who's not able to get out or just you know, doesn't think it's a good idea. Check on single parents. You know, Mary and I have been doing that, just checking on some of the single parents, just checking on some of the people in the church. Uh, just because they don't need groceries that day doesn't mean we're not going to check up on them in four more days. They might need groceries then. Okay, and so just uh, a couple of just a couple of things, guys. I want everyone who calls Zion their home or their second home, third home, fourth home, whatever. I want you to break free from worrying about money. God's supernatural cannot invade fear and worry. Okay, it's it's like Teflon. Fear is to the spirit of Mammon what praise and worship is to the one true God. The way that you worship the spirit of Mammon is by freaking out over finances. And I'm saying, as for me and my house, oh no, you didn't. We are not partnering with the spirit of mammon and the spirit of fear, okay? And so here's what I did. I, uh, I have a course on wealth building, and I'm going to make the, the first module free, which is really about getting, breaking, breaking free from worrying about finances and aligning your money with God, okay? So you have no excuse for not doing it. Wealthwithgod.com slash module hyphen one. Hyphen's the little one. The dash is the big one. And so, or just go to wealthwithgod.com. I think it's probably in the first page there. But there's no secret upsells. There's no secret trying to get you to buy anything. It's just me. I'll be actually going on there weekly and coaching people live, answering questions. And so, Zion, I want you guys to get free from money. Anyone who's watching this, help yourself to it. But this month, uh, we're going to be going through the, uh, it's, it's, it's four different lessons in there. And it will break the, it will break the worry off of it. We have to line our, ourselves up with God. So, wealthwithgod.com slash Module, M-O-D-U-L-E, hyphen, the number one, okay? And so let's go after some healings here. You know what, before we do, actually, one more thing. So there's this verse, I was talking with Josh in the prayer room. Uh, we were six feet away from each other. And, um, and we, uh, I, I, I told him about, I was thinking about Acts 13, 36. And I feel like this is a word for a lot of us here. It says, David served the purposes of God in his generation. <clears throat> I want you guys to get this. Everything that God gave David to do he actually accomplished it in his lifetime. And you're like, hold on, man, I'm getting a late start. There's all these promises. There's something I love that it says, um, that God will redeem the time for the days are short. Because we cannot look at things from the 10 Spies Network point of view or just this human uh, point of view of saying, you know, oh, I don't know how it's going to happen. Things, guys, break that thing off right now. So here's what we do. Is I want us to make some declarations. That um, Here's this. Boy, I didn't write these very good. I wrote these down during worship, and I can't hardly read them. Lord, help me interpret. Okay, um, here's a declaration. God has made the provision for my vision. Say that with me. God has made the provision. Okay. Hopefully it went better in your living room than it did just here, right here. Let's try, let's try this again. God has made the provision for my vision. Everything God has assigned me to do, he will provide everything I need. 
Okay, they're not as good as Steve Backlund's, but you're getting the truth of them, okay? Go over to ignitinghope.com if you want some better declarations, all right? Here's one. I will accomplish the purposes of God in my lifetime. Let's just stick on that one. That's pretty good. Bethany, don't make me get you up here and say them, okay? All right. The spirit of mockery has come upon poor Bethany here, so we're just praying for her. I will accomplish the purposes of God in my lifetime. All right. So we're going to go after some prayer things here, and uh, I want you to just post what's happening in the comments. And so um, we're, we're starting with a word of knowledge that um, um, Mary had, actually. I, I, I walked in, and it sounded like you were giving a word of knowledge. So did you just say lymph nodes? Okay, yeah, and so let's just go after lymph nodes. I'm going to name a couple things, and then we're going to pray. And so if uh, lymph nodes is you or you know somebody who needs it, man, you can stand in for them and agree. Jesus was able to pray for people who weren't there. They were able to pray over long distances, and so we can do that. We've seen people. I've, uh, I've prayed for somebody over a speakerphone who was paralyzed from the neck down in the hospital from a motorcycle accident. His wife was there. His son was there. He was the drummer for a church. And I prayed for him, and he began moving his arms and legs. He got the movement right back over speakerphone. So things work like this all the time. I remember praying for a guy who, had, who was paralyzed uh, from a stroke, so the whole left side of his body. And I said, here's your act of faith. I said, I want you to look in the mirror and begin moving your face. He said, I can't. I said, well, it's just like the guy with a shriveled hand. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. His act of faith was actually to begin to try. And as we did, the, uh, his face came alive, and then his shoulder came alive. And uh, by, the t- by the end of the phone call, the, all the effects of the stroke were broken off of his life. So, guys, this stuff works over long distances here. So let's just go ahead. Uh, so we're going to go after lymph nodes. Here's what I did. I went and walked uh, on the testimony wall, and I just kind of took about a, about a, I don't know, four or five-foot section and just kind of took a couple of things down. And they seem to have a similar theme, so we're going to go after some things. <clears throat> um, this one came with a, uh, 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 what do you call it, a handicap placard. So, <clears throat> Jesus healed my back and tailbone. I had a broken tailbone. Uh, in December 24, 2011, I was rushed to OSU Medical Center after collapsing from back pain due to a work-related accident. After x-rays and MRI, it was determined a disc in my lower back had fragmented and was in pieces, which was pressing against my spinal cord. The injury left my right leg filled with severe pain and my lower leg is part, and part of my foot numb. I lost, all of the, I lost count of all the procedures, injections, and thousands of pain meds I've had to take after having surgery to remove the fragments of the shattered disc. I could not walk without a cane and truly needed the handicap placard. Since I am healed, I no longer need them. I hang this as a testimony to God's healing power. And so uh, if you need healing for, uh, for discs, for, for back pain, you're going to see there was, there was just a whole bunch of them in a row, so I figured God was highlighting them here. I healed of a nagging lower back pain that I believe stemmed from an accident some 20-plus years ago. Again, like I said, a lot of these were uh, themes in a row, so I figured, all right, God, you must be highlighting these things. Um, God healed me of bipolar disorder. He touched my back and knees. My female organs had been flushed out. God took away self-doubt. And uh, now I'm able to walk on mountains. All right. Thank you. That is awesome. I hope you guys in the comments, you're, you're actually able to amen in the comments and interaction with these things, all right? After living with pain in my neck and back for 14 years, God healed me. Five doctors had given up on me and told me I would live in pain the rest of my life, but Jesus took it all on the cross. 14 years? Some of you aren't even 14 years old that are watching this thing. 
Uh, one last one. Um, freed from cigarette addiction after nine years of smoking, miraculously forgot about cigarettes. Thank you, God. We've got addictions. We don't have them. We, uh, we, we've got them uh, as, as a word here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Neck pain, back pain, lymph nodes. And so you're like, hold on, Jim, you didn't call my thing out. Here, here's, I'm going to call it out right now. Jesus healed them all. I had a, uh, I had a dream, an encounter dream, um, two nights ago that the Lord really highlighted healing. You don't need to hear about the dream. But God was emphasizing a new level of healing breakthrough. And so I just want to, by faith, just step into that right now. And it's not new levels like God's doing something new. He already paid for everything. It's new levels of us understanding, of us actually walking in what's already paid for. You guys have to understand, we're not trying to pry God's hand open to get him to heal. We're trying to pry the blinders off our eyes so we can see what's already been made available. Okay? And so uh, here's what faith is, guys. We're getting ready to pray. And so if you have a need that was not called out, um, I want you to just go ahead. and If you're, if you're with your family, if you're by yourself, but um, if you're with your family, just go ahead and say, hey, I need prayer in this. Uh, there, there's power and agreement with families. Parents have authority over their children. First um, Corinthians 7, spouses have authority over each other's bodies. And so if one of you needs prayer and you're watching this, I encourage you just gather around right now and let's, let's expect something good to happen, okay? And so here's what faith is. Faith looks at Jesus. Faith isn't trying to oh, muster it up and, and, and just stir up the emotions and get in the faith mood. No, no, no. Uh, there's a gift of faith, but all faith is a gift, and it comes from looking at Jesus. And so what were we saying? We're looking at Jesus. I'm looking at what he did on the cross and saying, you know what? It was enough for the Father. It's enough for me. I'm not giving God reasons to bless me by showing him how sincere I am. The reason he's going to bless me is because of Jesus. Okay? So we're just going to go after a couple of these things. So um, lay hands on the affected part if you're able to. Um, there's just something powerful about that. Lay hands on each other at home. Um, if, you're, if you're by yourself, man, just go ahead and receive this. Jesus, you are amazing. We love you. And we send the healing right now word right now into these necks, into these backs. I see people who have had accidents. I've seen people who have sports injuries. In the name of Jesus, I just see a, a collision of things. And uh, Lord, we speak, speak a restoration right now. Pain is leaving that body right now. Lord, for whoever has the lymph node issues, be made whole. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Anyone who's suffering from depression, anyone who's suffering from bipolar, Lord, we just uh, speak right now that you came to set the captives free, that, Lord, you bring light into darkness. Let that depression lift off. Let, the, let those neurotransmitter levels uh, level off in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I just thank you for the person who miraculously forgot about cigarettes. And so, God, we just thank you that you did come to set captives free, which includes addiction. Anyone who's wrestling with pornography uh, right now, I just speak a baptism of innocence over you that you just see that is totally not your identity. God is not rubbing your nose in the shame. You are free in the name of Jesus. Anyone who's addicted to anything that they don't, here's addiction, you want to stop, but you can't. And so right now, I speak of grace right now. There's no shame in it. I speak of freeing right now in the name of Jesus off of that. Thank you, Lord. Hey, if something's happened in your body, put it in the, in the comments as a testimony of the Lord. And, uh, so we, we're just, man, we want to be able to celebrate what God is doing in, in, in your body and everything. Uh, two more things. I want to pray for President Trump and for his team and for this recovery. I want to pray for Vice President Spence. Uh, in case you guys were wondering, Vice President Spence is, is one of us. He's a radical believer. 
Did I say it wrong? Pence, what did I say? <laughs> like, when do we get a new vice president? Vice President Pence. I even have it written as Pence, but I don't know. Anyway, so it's the bright lights here. I just tell you what, you can. So one of the things that uh, President Trump has declared is that he wants this thing to turn around by Easter. Okay, so I don't know what all that'll look like. You know, it may be start with uh, some regions that are least effective, opening them up, testing them. But I want us to add our faith to that word. Uh, there's another prophet that has talked about this whole thing being done by April 8th. The Lord showed him this thing was going to happen in the fall. And um, let's add our faith to that, that there's a mysterious uh, drying up of this thing, a, a, a ceasing. And guys, one, one life is too many. One life is too many. And so I know there's a pastor in town that's a friend of Mary and I's who just posted that, you know, he, he has all the symptoms of coronavirus. He's not going to get tested, but pray for him. And so uh, let's just go after this thing. Let's go after the economic recovery. You can see our president is treating this thing as a businessman and not a politician. He understands that uh, the, it's the lesser of two evils. You print money to stimulate the economy is the lesser of evil of having uh, people unemployed. Unemployment is what causes a recession and a depression. So if you're wondering what he's doing, he's actually treating this thing as a businessman, uh, to, uh, to, you know, giving loans to companies, and he's going to forgive those loans if they will uh, keep people employed. We don't want unemployment. So let's just pray against a couple of these things and pray for a couple of these things. So we just pray for wisdom for President Trump, for his team, for Vice President Pence, uh, for the uh, Secretary of Treasury. Lord, we just thank you for the wisdom that you're giving them right now, God, that they're, uh, they may even be short-term solutions, but Lord, you're giving them wisdom to keep us from falling into a crisis, into a free fall. And so, Lord, we just pray for, for increased wisdom. And Lord, we attach our faith to that by Easter, this thing will be turned around. God, there will be an economic recovery, Lord, that will be miraculous. And Lord, that God's people will have walked in peace during this time, that they will have built up the internal muscles to be able to carry the weight of a greater blessing. So Lord, we just come against any, uh, uh, any disaster, any plans of the enemy to uh, put our country into an economic tailspin. We come against that in the name of Jesus, and we release peace, peace, peace. Lord, we come in the opposite spirit of whatever the enemy is sending. Lord, even any kind of political things that would try to just destroy our country so they can remove our president... God, anything that, any of that garbage, we come against that in the opposite spirit. And Lord, we just speak a strengthening of leadership right now in the name of Jesus. One last thing I want to do before we uh, close and um, you guys go to your cars and just kidding, you're in your living rooms. Um, before we uh, close out, I want, to, I want to pray for souls. And I want to pray for laborers and the harvest. And uh, all the prophetic words that we are getting from prophets who have... Um, come into our house and are in our house is that uh, God wants there to be a revival of souls, of people getting saved. And I believe it's going to start with, uh, with family members coming home. So I want to go after that first. If you have a child who is away from the Lord, let's call, that, let's call them back home, you know, that we will have prodigals. This is interesting. Um, one of the prophetic words we got was that we'd be fishing in muddy waters, which is speaking of just... Uh, <laughs> Where the souls are going to come from, it would be I'm, I'm, uh, like New Age, Islam, homosexual lifestyle, those type of things. That are a little bit muddier than just kids raised in church. You, know, you see what I'm saying? There's, just, there's more issues that come with that. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. And we ask you to send up laborers, that every person who calls Zion their home or their second home or third home, that, God, we just right now we say, I will be that laborer. 
God, we may not feel like we're good at evangelism, but Lord, we are going to follow your spirit. Lord, I thank you that there will be a boldness without obnoxiousness, that there will be a a love without uh, apology, and uh, just an unconditional love uh, for people. But Lord, we call the souls home to you. We call those prodigals home to you, the people who were raised to know better, but they've lost their minds and are walking away. We, uh, we know that Satan has blinded the mind of unbelievers, and we take authority over that blindness in the name of Jesus right now. We break that blindness off, and we pray that you would raise up a contagious Christian who would show them the love of God, who would remind them of the way of you. And so, Lord, we call them back home, and Lord, we just thank you for fishing in those muddy waters. That we, uh, God, we just say yes to, um, to hundreds and hundreds of Muslims coming, Lord, hundreds and hundreds of homosexuals, hundreds and hundreds of New Agers and Satanists, and girls coming out of human trafficking, and boys coming out of human trafficking. God, we want the, the lost and the broken to come and find the real Jesus. So, Lord, we, just, we agree with heaven's uh, declaration, God, that uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, Lord, in the next season would come into the kingdom uh, through our church and uh, millions and billions worldwide. Lord, let thousands come in through our church. Lord, we just call it and we believe you for it, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are a good God. And Lord, I just thank you that you have heavenly resources for earthly problems. So Lord, we just draw a line in the sand and we just say, God, we are going to believe no matter what we see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. We're not going to partner with the spirit of fear. We love you, Jesus.